0: Welcome to the 15th episode of the Uneasy Podcast. My name is Isis. This podcast is about many of the uneasy conversations we go over and over in our minds. In this 15th episode, we will continue our discussion with Garth and discuss the importance of encouragement and perseverance. I want to give a huge thank you to Garth. You've been so instrumental in encouraging my interest beyond mainstream. I appreciate you including me in your creative path and a great entrepreneurial role model. This episode, I'll continue to correlate the uneasy ideas of encouragement and perseverance to the book I recently wrote titled Upala. The title is spelled U-P-A-L-A and it's available for purchase on CreateSpace if you wanna print a copy or on Amazon if you enjoy reading books electronically. I want to remind you, I've included my email on the first page of the book, and I want to encourage you to reach out and share your uneasy thoughts, reactions, suggestions, and uneasy stories. I want to gather all of your input and with your permission to share, create our own series of episodes featuring the topics you'd like for me to discuss. I want the book and the uneasy podcast to resonate with as many people as possible. So I'm asking you to connect with me. Let's make the book and podcast the best it can be. So please leave me comments, email me, join my Facebook page, send me a tweet, all of which can be found under my company name, Quasi Sounds. That's Q-U-A-S-I-S-O-U-N-D-S. In the first couple of episodes, we spoke with Aaron, who is also a friend of Garth's. As Aaron was sharing his perspective of paternal influence, Garth came up in the conversation, which I would love to share with you.
1: Garth? serves he's he's one of those people in my life too where he's a good friend he you know he's just like a homie but he's also a father figure he's certainly my mentor he's the reason why i'm at the station and he's honestly i can i can honestly say this he is probably the best man that i know like he's just a phenomenal man in every sense of the word
0: so how are you encouraged as a child how has the presence or absence of encouragement manifested for you as an adult? Towards the end of the book, there is a moment during Upala's dream where she is having lunch with her father on the beach, and he pulls out a flask. Her father offers Upala a drink, knowing she is underage at the time, and reacts impressed by his daughter's willing participation, which then also sparks a need in Upala to further oppress her father by then attempting to keep up with his heavy drinking. In that scene, both are seeking approval from one another while completely neglecting the fact of their situation. Have you ever been part of a relationship where you would do anything to get the other's approval? Did it work out for you in the end? Throughout Upala and Temi's relationship, there are also similar needs to oppress one another. In the beginning of their courtship, Temi was convinced he could entice Upala by endless displays of his knowledge about everything. In return, Upala tries to maintain appearances that she has it all together, while she quietly struggles to balance her relationship and school life. Neither one receives encouragement from the other to continue in their efforts, but both Temi and Upala are insistent on winning the other over. It's almost as if they are forcing themselves upon each other and are unable to take a step back, listen to themselves, or see any signs that it's time for them to throw in the towel.
1: You know, I played sports and my dad coached and. That was, I mean, I think that participation from a parent is encouragement. You know what I mean? Even if it's it's not like overt, blatant encouragement, just participation and time spent. Going fishing with my dad was encouragement. Being taught things and then put out there to do them is also encouragement. When you're given the opportunity to do something independent, of your parent. That's encouragement. For the more overt encouragement, like the actual verbal encouragement and, you know, had to do with with the arts. You know, let's make sure Garth is, you know, taking art classes and that kind of thing was constant. And so they allowed me to do certain things that served as encouraging communication. They let me do murals in my bedroom. I remember I did one with like spray paint and I Looking back, I couldn't believe they let me do that. I'm in my room with goggles and a mask on, this little bedroom with these spray cans, and I'm in this fog of poisonous spray paint, painting my walls. (laughs) Funny stuff that that they let me do. In high school, I started an airbrushing business, and so they, they let me commandeer the garage, and every Saturday, I was basically filling orders for, you know, students and kids. Belle Biv DeVoe, when they came out with the poison video, Michael Bivens is wearing these overalls that were completely airbrushed. Graffiti art and caricatures and all this stuff were on these overalls. And I'm like, I could do that, I should do that. Why why aren't I doing that? I kind of was familiar with how to use an airbrush. So I went out and I persuaded my parents to spend the money to get an airbrush and an air compressor, uh, good high quality ones, which are super expensive. That was encouraging for them to believe in me enough to buy this equipment because the guy at the local swap meet, and I'm I'm living in the West Valley at this point, you know, and so this guy's like a rock and roll artist, and so kids were starting to come to this dude at the swap meet with these requests to do like, you know, graffiti art and bubble letters and things, and he didn't know how to do it. So I started to see what he was doing, and that was even more encouraging, because I'm like, oh man, there's really no competition. Nobody's really doing this. So I kind of cornered the market, and that was really fun. And that was encouraging. All that said, it was like, yeah, there was encouragement there for me to do my own thing, uh, to pursue my dreams as an artist. But on the flip side of that, I wasn't the best student. So I think that my parents felt somewhat obligated, perhaps, to encourage me in that regard because they didn't really see a scholastic career on the horizon. I wasn't, I probably was not headed to Ivy League anything. I come from a family of achievers. My dad went to Yale. You know what I mean? He was the first black baseball captain. You know, that that's the legacy there. So <laughs> they encouraged the art part, I think, because it was like, well, he's got that gift. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he'll do something with that.
0: How has your persistence or perseverance helped you to get to your desired goal? Have you been able to successfully manage and maintain balance throughout your journey? Was there a clear understanding and steps needed to take to reach your end goal? How have you passed on the knowledge you've gained to others possibly trekking similar journeys?
1: I think that the perseverance, if there's perseverance in my career and my path, it's the dynamic of being a spouse and a parent and being a creative person who is basically always working The the stop start nature of what it means to have to be available for all these different relationships. I have four main relationships in my sort of inner circle my family and then there are other personal relationships that you have to make time for. I'm not good at it and so my perseverance hasn't necessarily had much to do with the career path as it has to do with trying to balance, trying to find, you know, finding harmony. And so the dynamic between the personal and, you know, the career has been really tumultuous and really difficult for creativity and the creative process. And I'm still trying to figure it out. My career has been um, with the exception of, of course, you know, my presence as a DJ and a radio programmer in Los Angeles in the States, really, you know, I guess somewhat internationally, because of, you know, the reputation and the, the sort of market push for the station and their popularity and their, you know, services via streaming, internet, whatever. Uh, we have a global audience. And I know that I have been a part of building that audience. So the perseverance part of it, more of an inner struggle. Like, how am I gonna make this work? harmoniously. And that hasn't happened yet. And I, you know, quite frankly, I don't know if it will. I'm not sure. And I think that that is uh, based on information I've gotten from conversations from you know, my contemporaries, those who I would call mentors. It's a constant struggle for those of us that are creative, uh, because there, there is no work time. We're always thinking and working and the personal part of part of it means you need to stop in order to do or be with or for someone or something else and that's constant it never ends so it's kind of like trying to juggle and time manage. and nobody can prepare you for that i remember i thought i knew it all when i got married i thought i knew it all when i was having kids nobody can prepare you it's it's just something that you I mean, obviously you can talk to people, you can get information, you can read as much as you want, but, you know, it's kind of like looking at that great big roller coaster, researching all the information, finding out about the G-force, finding out the speed, finding out how many loops there are, knowing every single thing about that roller coaster, but you really won't know a damn thing until you ride it. That's how I look at it. So the perseverance uh, has to do with the personal struggle, more than the career. Both my wife and I (laughs) uh, are... We have been extremely open with our kids from jump. I can't really hide my struggle anyway because I am my own boss. I make my own hours. They see how I hustle. They hear about what I'm doing. They often accompany me or have accompanied me to all sorts of different kinds of work whether it be a voiceover audition or recording, and they'll be sitting, hanging out in the studio or the lobby or whatever while I'm doing it. They have spent countless hours with me at the radio station. Um, Oftentimes they actually like to come with me. They come with me to, you know, DJ gigs. I mean, if it it makes sense, like if I'm DJing uh, A private event at a museum or things like that where it's the hours make sense and it's cool for them to be there and I can't be there sometimes it'll be like I want to bring them with me and I've been doing that since they were really young but yeah I mean they hang out with me and they see it so there's the honesty is there I nurture their creativity both of us nurture their creativity we we tell them that we are for them and you know whatever it is they set their mind to as long as they're committed We have no problem with whatever, you know, they might want to go after, but they have to know that it's serious. Like if you're going to commit to something, it means you commit. If you commit to this, you don't get to quit in the midst of it. You need to, you need to see it through. So that's what we're trying to teach them. You know, it's not about tradition. It's not about, you know, you have to do this. It's not about you have to be that. It's not about... Success means money. Success ultimately means contentment and we certainly don't shy away from conversations about finances and what that means and what that looks like. We don't want them to be kind of um so taken with the mythology of creativity or you know pursuing your dreams that they forget that they have to make a living. We're also trying to make sure they understand that in order to make a living a b c d and so on. So we're trying to give them a balance, like a balanced idea of what it means to sort of be out here doing life. But we want them to do it on their own terms. You know, we want them to find their own way and we just want to guide them. We don't want to push them or force them because I don't don't think that's healthy. If I had a vision or a dream, I think it was somewhat abstract. And I guess in the abstract there was a hope that you know, I could pass on to them this idea of freedom and creativity and following their own path. I think I always, you know, even as a, a teenager, I'm not sure I really thought about kids when I was a, a kid myself. But I think if and when those thoughts came along, it was as I got older and matured. I thought it would be cool, you know, to have kids and nurture that. So I'd have to say that it's fairly aligned. We are demonstrating to them, like, you know, that idea of, you know, creative independence and, you know, doing their thing. So if there was a vision and there was a hope, which I think there was, it's kind of playing out in accordance, which is super cool. And um, it's it's weird. You ask me that, I don't. I guess I think about it every now and then, but it's not like a, a meditation, a constant meditation. It. I think it's great. Like. Yeah, it's it's lining up. I mean, seeing my daughter as a dancer and how she identifies herself right now. And, and um, my other daughter, middle child, she's uh, you know the visual artist, but she's also, she's a gifted actress. I say a lot of these things without bias because I, <laughs> I don't think I'm the kind of parent that looks at their kid and compliments them just because, like I do that, but I'm also fairly detailed in my support. I share with them details about why I think what they did was good were great or what could be improved or whatever so it's not just oh you were great no it's you know this is what I thought was great and I was really super impressed and I wasn't expecting that and you know you killed it and then my son you know he's just really athletic but he's also really interested in music and he's also I mean they're all three of them are great on stage with the acting thing. So I I have no idea what that's going to be. And they all really enjoy it. We've put them on a path, and uh, that's that hope and that vision. I, I, I certainly wanted to put them on that path. So I feel like I have. And I feel thus far, you know, successful for that.
0: Next episode, we'll continue our discussion with my friend Adrian. We will converse on the process of curating and creating images you would like to see in the media. So please check it out. Also, please rate this episode, leave a comment, subscribe to The Uneasy Podcast. I would love to hear from you. For more details about this episode, please visit Quasi Sound's website. I've included my speaking notes for this episode for you to read, as well as the music I incorporated throughout the show. And while you're there, please buy my book. I sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for listening to The Uneasy Podcast.